You're listening to the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Now here's your hosts, Kevin, Derek, and Alex. Alrighty, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Derek, and I'm joined, as always, by your co-hosts, Kevin and Alex. Moving on to the Houston Texans. The Texans finished 4-13 and last year, 57% pass, 43% run, 30th in points for, 32nd in total yards for, uh, coaching regime change, Lovey Smith coming in, Pep Hamilton, now the offensive coordinator. Uh, and let's just go ahead and head straight into the running back room and my oh my, Marlon Mack coming over in the offseason. Marlon Mack, who was running back 120th last year, 28 rush attempts, 101 yards, two receptions, five targets, eight to, uh, yards, zero touchdowns. Thoughts on the Mack? I like Marlon Mack enough to take a flyer on him in the 14th round, but I will not look at him before then. Yeah. I remember a couple of years back where uh, like I was like pounding the table for Marlon Mack in Indianapolis uh, and that blew up in my face um, and really hasn't, you know, materialized for me very well. So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uh, spurned lover, if you will, to Marlon Mack. So I'm, I'm staying away. I'm staying away from Marlon Mack. Yeah, it's a it's a hard. Well, everybody has their uh, has their point where they they look like a value on the draft board, right? And like super super deep leagues where I might be getting into like the twentieth round. Like, sure, sure, we'll probably take a, a shot in the dark there. But uh, again, like Marlon Mack didn't look like anything like we were used to seeing from Marlon Mack. Uh, the few games that he uh, he made an appearance back in Indy. Uh, last year so I am uh, I'm out on on Marlon Mack unless I get a, an extreme discount on that one let's go ahead and head on over into the Rex Burkhead who was running back 54 last year 122 rush attempts 427 yards three touchdowns 25 receptions 32 targets for an additional 186 through the air your thoughts on the Rex Burkhead my my thoughts are I'm not touching this guy. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I, I see no value in Rex Burkhead, like, whatsoever. I, I would rather take chances on some youth, um, maybe look at some other pieces um, where they're going to be leading in more examples. But the game script, the way it's set out for the Texans is I, I just – I don't want Rex Burkhead. He's just going to be draining a roster spot and, and a guy that I'm just going to sit there and then end up cutting anyway. So uh, I'm out completely on Burkhead. Yeah, like the ball's got to go somewhere down there, right? But like, I, it's just gonna be so hard to figure out where it's gonna go. And so, like, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, I know that we we value running backs and we value starting running backs, but man, it's gonna be hard to put a value on on any of these Texans running backs because it's just this. You know, we talk about offenses that you want a piece of this is like the complete opposite. Like this is an offense that I'm like staying away from entirely. If I, if I can, if I can avoid taking a Texans player, I, I feel like I've gotten out of the draft pretty well. Uh, you will miss out on some value and that I'll be talking about here uh, later on here, but I, I'm right there with you guys. Rex Burkhead, I'm out on, right? Like a guy that puts up a third of his rushing uh, production there in one game right? Like that was it. He had one game last year, which he put up a third of his total work. And outside of that was very much to that point, to your point, Kevin, he was cuttable all year long and, and probably shouldn't have even been picked up there uh, short of like you having 
absolutely no other option there. So I am out on the Rex Burkhead as well. Let's go ahead and head on over to the rookie they drafted, Damian Pierce, who uh, was drafted in the fourth round with the 107th overall pick from the University of Florida. He's a 5'10", 215-pound back, and I think this is the guy that uh, if you're gonna walk if you're gonna walk away from the draft with some value at the running back position, this is a guy that could potentially do that for you because I do think that he's gonna end up getting the bulk of the work uh, for the running back position there. And it's tough to right, volume is king, and and even in a bad offense, we've seen guys have terrific fantasy seasons in bad offenses just because they got a big workload on that one. Um, so I, I think he's a guy that that fits that bill there. Yeah, I would agree. Damian Pierce is the guy that if I'm targeting anybody and and hoping for upside and opportunity, this is the guy I'm going for in the running back room. Okay, I was being a little hyperbolic there with with my, you know, assessment of this. Thing. Oh, now here it comes. No, 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 no. It was there's a little bit of hyperbole, right? There's a little bit cuz um there is there are a few players that like are worth looking at on this Texans team. Um Namely, they have a starting quarterback, so, you know, that's going to be somebody that, you know, you're going to have to keep your eye out for in Superflex League. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, if he can figure it out, you know, what did we see out of James Robinson? Yes, he was undrafted, but to your point, Derek, he got he got the work, and that ended up propelling him um, in his rookie year. So, um, with the Damian Pierce, we'll see how they try to use him. You know, are they are they playing the short game or are they playing the long con here with him? Um, are they going to try to run the tires off of him while he's still young? Or do they think that, you know, two or three years down the road, he'd be better served? So do we protect him now? So it's just going to be a game of wait and see of how this offense looks like. But um, if I guess if there is one, he's the one. But I mean, Najee Harris last year. Where you know, had good fantasy output, but was in a bad offense and was uh, just a very bad efficiency type of player. But volume is king on a lot of these things, and I think that this is the guy that could do it. Let's go ahead and head on into the wide receiver room. Brandon Cooks had a pretty good year last year. Wide receiver, 20, 90 receptions, 134 targets, 1,037 uh, yards, six touchdowns, and almost 26% of the target share. Your thoughts on the Brandon Cooks? This is a guy that I am targeting for the Texans yep. because of that, right? It's, it's the opportunity. It's the target share. And when him and Davis Mills were were on the same page, he looked really, really good. Um, I think wide receiver two territory is going to be where he falls there. Um, that's, you know, back middle to back end possibly. Yeah, but you get him at such a deep discount in in most drafting formats that it's well worth it. So uh, Brandon Cooks is a guy that he, he's been able to produce wherever he's gone, um, and this is really no different. So I like Cooks, and he is um, the most, I guess, he is the guy in the Texans that I am most looking after. Most coveted member of the Texans? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he can – if he can – be that thousand yard receiver, which he's been, you know, his entire career, uh, no matter the quarterback that's thrown to him. So that there is, there is some value there with Brandon cooks. Um, do we trust that Davis mills is going to be enough of a guy to get him, to get him there? Well, we've already seen it happen once. So, um, does lovey Smith allow that to happen? 
again, questions to be remained. Um, but yeah, I guess he, he, he has value. He does have value. And it's a guy that, um, <laughs> it's a guy that, uh, if you are going to get somebody on this Texans offense, Brandon cooks is, is probably the best player to, to walk away the draft with. Agreed. Right. Brandon cooks is a guy that, uh, that absolutely, I think will uh, will ball out again this year, right? Like he and Davis Mills definitely had the chemistry going. He's the most talented receiver in this uh, wide receiver room. And when you've got that, uh, that chemistry already built there, I think that they can do some special things there. I don't see his target share really taking much of a downtick on this one, even with them adding some additional pieces uh, through the draft here as well. Um, and a guy that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but uh, again, I, I think it's very strong. Uh, you'll see a very strong correlation, probably see him with some, anywhere from 23 to 26% of the target share on this one. Again, you'll see him up there with around 140 targets when it's all said and done. And he's a, he's a guy that, that can take one to the house. He can play the deep threat. Like he's, he's a very versatile wide receiver. So I like him a lot in this one. And I do think that he will return some great value. Um, you know, right now, I, I think he'll probably end up going somewhere in the late fifth, early sixth, when it's all said and done, there's kind of where you'll need to take him off the board. And even at that point, I am comfortable pulling the trigger on a Brandon Cooks there. Let's go ahead and head on over to the other wide receiver, Nico Collins. Uh, rookie last year, finished as wide receiver, 87, 33 receptions, 61 targets, 446 yards, one touchdown, 11% target share. Your thoughts on the Nico Collins? Uh, Nico Collins is a guy that it, it took him a little bit longer, right? He didn't really start kind of even popping up on the stat sheet until the last quarter of the season, really. So I do think we see a little bit of a step forward with him. Um, he's a nice, tall wide receiver, gives uh, a a jump ball presence on that Texans team. And, and really, I think he's the tallest member of that wide receiver core, hands down. Um, so I I think that He's a guy that I'm going to be looking after. I don't know if he's a guy that I'm going to go out and draft, but I'll probably put a little check mark next to his name and just kind of see how things are going and and maybe take a flyer on the fab uh, or excuse me on the waiver wire and and spend you know a, a small portion of the fab if he's showing consistency in in his role with this Texans offense. Yeah, as far as drafting, I think the next guy that we talk about has more intrigue into him. Um, and even then, it's going to be iffy, right? <laughs> It'll be a little iffy. So, uh, again, yeah, I like – I like Kevin, I like what you're saying with that. You know, the – just be mindful of him. And if, if you know, it looks like he's getting utilized in the first couple weeks, well, then let's go ahead and grab him. I think you're I think you're spot on there. Nico Collins is a guy that uh, does have some intrigue, right? He's six four, so so definitely that big body, tall frame that Kevin's talking about there. And jump ball type of specialist, but a guy that's gonna play on the outside. Um, you know, they're not gonna bring him into the slot, things like that to play on this one. And uh, you know, comment coming in there that Nico Collins likely undrafted. I think that that was very accurate in redraft formats that you're going to not see him be drafted. And uh, you know, will ultimately you know be available on the waiver wire and something worth keeping an eye on there, adding them to that watch list and see how that one comes to play. Let's go ahead and head on over to John Mechie the third, who's wide receiver rookie out of Alabama. The Texans moved up 
into the second round for the 44th pick to draft this, um, this wide receiver. Your thoughts on John Mechie. So there was a blurb that came out today about John Mechie, the third, and the Texans were saying that he, he provides, you know, something completely unique to this offense. Um, realistically, I think he's kind of like a young Brandon Cooks, right? He is he is a speedster. He is a guy that could hit up the seam, double moves, put pressure on the safeties. Um, but, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks is the guy who is – he's the possession receiver. He's the go-to receiver. He can still get behind the defense every once in a while, but it's his route running that sets him apart. John Mechie's route running, I don't believe to be quite as good, but he can fly. And, and we saw that when healthy. So, um, well, he tore his ACL a couple weeks. Excuse me as I'm rubbing my eye. Uh, tore his ACL a couple weeks before Jameson Williams did. So, hopefully, everybody's different, right? Like, you know, the extent of the injuries and whatnot. But he has a couple weeks jump start, at least, on when he can get back onto the field. Um, and I think he's a guy that I will take a flyer on late in best ball leagues. See what he brings. Um, especially since there's no waiver wire pickups in best ball leagues. Like I'll take a flyer on him late um, to see what I can possibly get as they try and stretch the field down there in Houston and um, be a little bit more relevant offensively than what they were last year. For Mechie as a rookie, right? Like we'll see how quickly he can come it up coming off the ACL, right? They think everything points to the fact that he's going to be ready to go for the season, right? That's the latest I've heard. If you guys have heard anything differently, stop me. No, uh, he should right. be good. He should be good to go by the season time. But that all being said, you know, he is missing some valuable time here with, um, you know, rookie camps and some OTAs and stuff. And so he, he'll get a lot of classroom work, uh, which, you know, perhaps anybody who doesn't need classroom work is anybody coming from the University of Alabama. So um, I think – he is worth it in in best ball. He's worth it uh, in your in your dynasty drafts and your rookie drafts to to go ahead and and be mindful of where he's going, um, especially in deep deep benches. I don't particularly see him having that great of a year this year, but in dynasty, if you want to grab him and stash him, you know that's I, I think years two and three are where we really see John Mechie um, thrive, and that probably comes with a quarterback change as well. So that could, could, you know, impact development as well. Don't, don't hammer this quarterback just yet. We'll touch on him here in a second. All right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm just going to agree with everything that both of you guys said. I think that they are, um, Mechie is a, a guy that, that has some intrigue and at the right draft capital uh, might be worth a little bit of a stash here. Um, yeah, I really like where he's been going in best ball or in, uh, in a lot of best ball formats, really like where he's going in the second round and a lot of dynasty, uh, drafts out there as well. Um, and as a guy that I think they're going to primarily work in the slot when they bring him back and is a guy that, that could potentially provide a lot of yak type of, uh, type of plays there. So I, I think he does have some intrigue and I, I really am curious to see where he bounces back. But uh, yeah, it really is going to depend on where he ends up going in drafts on whether or not I'm going to take a take a deep shot flyer on him because again, if he's if he's there around you know rounds 11, 12 is probably about where I I begin to start looking at 
at him and start looking in that direction. And outside of that, I'm out of it. So uh, any other thoughts on John Mechie? All right, let's go ahead and move on into the tight end room here. And Brevin Jordan, tight end 44, 20 receptions, 28 targets, 178 yards, three touchdowns, 5% target share. I'm just going to throw this out there. I am I am out on uh, Brevin Jordan this year. Yeah, I'm out on all Houston tight ends. Like, uh, they just don't have difference makers. They don't have guys that I feel like can stretch, stretch the field or put any consistent pressure on the defense. So, um that's going to be my general consensus for all tight ends that we speak about here. I will co-sign to that. We don't even need to worry about talking about another one. <laughs> well, we'll show the graphic for him so that we can say that we, uh, we at least talked about him there, but uh, we're out on both Farrell Brown and Brevin Jordan, all three of us. And interestingly enough, just, I was looking through some things earlier and while Brevin Jordan had the, uh, the better fantasy year um, amongst these two, was on the field like half as much as what Farrell Brown was. So the snap count was off there. The, uh, the, this bat, anyway. It's because Brown's yeah. a blocker, right? Yes. Brown, Brown is the inline blocker. He is a very clunky route runner, um, and and that's what his role is, and that's okay. He's a, he's a serviceable blocker, so the Texans will use him. You will continue to see his snap count up there because of that and lovey likes to run the football we know that so right. we'll see a lot of him on the field it's just not going to be catching balls and doing anything of fantasy relevance right all righty let's go ahead and move on into the quarterback room and uh davis mills finished qb 29 last year 263 completions 394 attempts a 66.8 percent completion percentage 2,664 yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 18 rush attempts for 44 yards. Your thoughts on Davis Mills? Davis Mills was the most fantasy-relevant rookie quarterback we had last year. More so than Trevor Lawrence, more so than Justin Fields. It was Davis Mills. Brad Jones probably could have given him a run for his money and actually beat him out in fantasy production, but you also saw them play a full, you know, full season versus uh, versus Davis Mills coming in partway through. Yes, yes, absolutely. But for where you got him, right? You picked right. Davis Mills off the waiver wire. He was a fourth round pick by the Texans, I believe, maybe a third round pick. Um, but it, it, it so yes, Mac Jones statistically did, but Davis Mills has showed at least glimpses, right? And now it's that year one to year two. And this is really going to determine whether Alex's statement earlier was correct, right? Whether they're going to be looking for a new quarterback this next this next season, assuming that the Texans are going to have a high draft pick. And the early assumption is that the quarterback class for the draft in 2023 is going to be marketably better than what we saw here in 2022. So all that is still possible, but the guy has a chance to fight for a job. And currently, he is the starting quarterback um, for the Houston Texans. And I, I think we see slight improvement, right? I, I do think that Nico Collins coming up to speed helps. I think that Lovey Smith and the way that he's going to manage this team will protect Davis Mills a little bit more. Um, and, but there's just so many holes on this defense, right? Like, they're still going to have to chase from behind. And, and if he can get better at pushing the ball down the field in garbage time, his stats naturally inflate 
just naturally and we don't have to do anything about it. So um, is he a guy that I'm seeking? No, but I'll take him as a third quarterback in a super flex just to make sure that another team doesn't have three, right? Because that's the deal is if you have that guy that you can rotate in, whether it's injury, whether it's bye weeks, whether it's just a juicy matchup and, and you're not loving who your second quarterback is, Davis Mills can fit that role and he can step in and can produce uh mid to upper QB two level numbers for you. So I'm, I'm not going to write him off. He's another guy that I'm going to look to see where he falls. I'm going to just assess my roster and see where it looks or how it looks. And if I can justify grabbing a third QB at that point in the draft. Um, But I am going to at least think about it for a second. And he's not a guy that I'm just scratching off the list and saying, no way. His value again is that he's a starting quarterback uh, in the league, and in super flex leagues, you know it, there's only 32 of those jobs out there, right? And if you're in a team with or in a league with 12 teams, well, there's 26 that are probably gonna get get or 24 that are gonna get taken. So um, it, he's he's not somebody I'm looking at in a one quarterback redraft. Um, he is, I guess, in a super flex in a redraft super flex. He is an option. I love the fact that I've got him on a lot of dynasty rosters because I was able to get him on a fourth round, you know, dynasty pick there. And, and Kevin, to your point, he was a third, you know, in the actual NFL, he was a third, third round pick, I believe 67th uh, overall pick there, which at this point showing tremendous value for the Texans, um, you know, in real life on this one. So uh, again, I, I think that we do see uh, Davis Mills take a progression forward on this one. Right. And this was one of those that, you know, even before the draft uh, season came out there, um, you know, I was saying when we were going through breaking down a lot of these rookies that if Davis Mills had come out this year and not uh, last year, he would have been the first quarterback taken in this draft class. I, I do think that that we would have seen that be the case, um, and and certainly has has the ability to compete um, at this level as a starting quarterback there. Um, and, and I agree with both assessments there as well that, you know, he's not necessarily a guy I'm looking to have as my super flex guy, but a guy that I would love to have as my third quarterback in a super flex, uh, super flex deal, because he will play. The Texans are going to be down. I think you will see him, uh, you know, get better stat, uh, you know, a better overall, you know, static uh, stats on this one. Um, statistics. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> uh, I think you'll have him. I think you'll see him have better stats overall in this one. And I think that it's, it's not going to be uh, improbable to see him with a thousand more yards uh, through the air. And, you know, also not going to surprise me to see him with like another eight uh, touchdowns when it's all said and done there, because again, right. He missed quite a bit of time last year. I uh, was banged up there for for three games uh, through the middle part of the season. Was behind Tyrod Taylor um, for a good chunk, starting out there as well. And you know, had some flashes, had some pop there, and certainly did some some good things there. And those uh, those wide receivers, uh, I think you're right. Nico Collins, I think, takes a step forward. Uh, Brandon Cooks has always been very good uh, for quarterbacks and for fantasy. And I think uh, John Mechie adds another wrinkle to this offense here as well when he gets healthy. So I actually like Davis Mills and I, I think that he'll be able to probably, uh, I'm going to say he probably finishes round QB 20 to 23 when it's all said and done this year. So 
Any other thoughts here on the Texans? All righty. Well, guys, that's going to bring us down to the end of it. Any final thoughts out there for the viewers and listeners? Uh, as we continue to break down teams, and as you anxiously await the next episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast, enjoy some playoff hockey because it is really fun and it Please is engaging <laughs> and it is so fast and uh, the intensity level is just off the charts. So enjoy that while you're sitting down with your laptop or your tablet and you're doing your little, um, if you're doing your own fantasy football studying, right? And you're getting ready for what this new season has to bring. Turn on some playoff hockey. It's well worth the watch. Absolutely. We're throwing a lot of information at you guys over the next, uh, well, several weeks, I guess I should say with all these team breakdowns. So, um, you know, the best place we, we do, we do, uh, Derek does a great job running our social media channels, uh, and, and making sure that, um, we get all these cutups for you guys so that it's, it's easily ingestible. So, uh, shout out to Derek for, for putting in that work and, and making us all look good on uh, on all of those social media, which he is going to tell you about right now. Okay, so my turn to plug the socials. I love it. All righty, so guys, you can see it somewhere right up there. There we go. Uh, right up there, you can see the handle, Good Old Boys FF. Uh, you can also find the website, goodoldboysff.com. We keep a lot of the rankings, um, especially as we get into the season, um, up there on the website. But uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you can find all of our good stuff over there at Good Old Boys FF. Um, on that one, make sure you're clicking the follow button. Make sure you're hitting the likes. But one of the best ways to support this independent podcast is to head over to YouTube, click the subscribe button on the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast YouTube channel. And I know that y'all love watching us go through and, and, and hit these players up and go through that. But we go through and actually cut up almost all of these player breakdowns post them on the YouTube channel. So that way, when you're on the clock, you're sitting there coming up to it and you go, man, I just don't know between this guy or this guy. And you've got that two or three minutes to, to hear us, you know, break down and digest the player. It is right there for your consumption. And the best way to do that, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Do not miss those ones. Uh, but that's going to take us uh, down to the end of it uh, for Kevin and Alex. I'm Derek. Have a good one. Be safe. <laughs>